This episode is brought to you by Magical Butter. The Magical Butter Machine is the world's first countertop botanical extractor designed for creating fantastic recipes, infusing the essence of healthy herbs into butter, oil, grain alcohol, lotions, and more. Go to MagicalButter.com and enter the promo code WEEDANDGRUB for 20% off at checkout. MagicalButter.com Hello, and welcome to Weed and Grub. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? I can hear the birds outside your window. Isn't that great? I wake up to that every morning. You do? Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm doing really well, thank you. Is it because of them birds? There's all kinds of them out there. I love the hummingbirds especially because they're like tiny, but they're super loud. They're like little tiny helicopters. They come in and like, <laughs> and then they fight. It's great. They fight? Yeah. Whoa, like jet fighters? Hummingbird fight. It's the coolest. They're amazing. Man, I could. I don't even think I could beat up a hummingbird. No, you could I think it would peck me to death. To definitely take you out. De- 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 death- <laughs> definitely? <laughs> Good morning. Yeah. Welcome to Weed and Grub. This is a podcast about weed. And grub. And food. And sex. Pop culture. And um, f- funk. Yeah. Yeah. Bass riffs. Heck yes. The heartbeat of any band. Yeah. Jesus. Jesus. This is an episode about Jesus. We have a fucking amazing interview this week. I'm so excited. First and foremost. Oh. No, I don't like the word first and foremost. Well, that's three words. Which <laughs> one, which one do you not like? <laughs> first or foremost. What are you mad about, Mike? Everything. Oh, man. No, I'm good. I'm good. You yeah. make me smile. Um, <laughs> I I just wanted to jump right into the news, oh. but I didn't want it to sound like, first and foremost, the news is more important than our interview. So then I panicked and said, I don't like that word. <laughs> and now you put me on blast to choose one of those words. So I guess the word first is the one I didn't like. Oh, okay. Because, you know, to me, Jesus is first, but we do have news to get to. Foremost. Damn, thank God for you. (laughs) The foremost news. Can you imagine if I was like on a debate team? Everyone would be like, Glazer, shut the fuck up. (laughs) You're just taking time. You're tanking us. You're tanking us. (laughs) Well, we actually have a cool news story this week that's like kind of you got to hop on it if you're in New York. So uh, Word on the Tree is on vacation for a couple weeks. So our story this week comes from our friend Danny Danko at Danny Danko, and he's reporting in New York that marijuana legalization in New York State is stalled in the legislature, so it's now or never to contact your representatives. And if you follow him on Twitter, there are links to the story, which is from CBS, which is saying basically that New York has been scrambling to legalize marijuana, but it's just like pooped in the, you know, it's like kind of bogged down. Clogged in the toilet. It's clogged, yeah. So basically... You have until the end of the session, uh, which is Wednesday, when this drops, contact your representative and encourage them to do something about this because marijuana legalization only seems to be a no-go because they're trying to figure out how to spend the taxes that uh, legal sales will generate Mm -hmm. and also uh, whether or not legalized localities, rather, who don't want to legalize the sale of recreational marijuana could opt out and refuse to sell. I don't understand the last one. What does that mean? They're duking it out over, like, they've agreed that they want to legalize weed great they're just trying to figure out exactly you know what the ramifications of it are and one thing is that localities like a municipality wants to be who wants to be able to like ban the sale of legal weed they're trying to decide whether or not that should be part of it as in the same way that uh 
a bakery doesn't want to bake a cake for an LGBTQ wedding. And then it comes <laughs> down to like, do we allow that bakery to make that choice for themselves or not? Is that the same idea? I guess so. I mean, you know, I think if it's legal, then everyone should have to follow that law. And yeah, yeah. exactly. So, okay. Also, why are you worried about how you're going to spend the tech? Like, yo, I feel like you're putting the cart way in front of the horse and the horse is like not even near the cart. Yeah. Like, oh no, we're going to have 300 million extra dollars and we don't know what to do with it. Let's fuck around and completely fuck this up and just not make that money. Right. So... That's, yeah, at Danny Danko, he is encouraging people to contact your representative right now and encourage them to get on this so that it can happen before the end of the session. Do you think that works? Do you believe in that? I do. I believe in process and contacting your representative. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. I make signs and march around. I know you make signs. Well, I think signs and marching around does a lot. (laughs) Yeah. I really, uh, I do believe in that. But do you really believe contacting your representative does anything? I absolutely do. Yes. I have to believe it because, um, you know, that's just how I have hope. Yeah. Honestly. It does come down to that, doesn't it? Just feeling like you have a voice and like if you don't use that voice, then that voice is not being... Then that again, don't put me on the debate team. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, like that voice is gone if you don't use it. Yeah. And, you know, some people are lucky to have representatives that really do listen to the people. And I think people like Elizabeth Warren have ascended to the place that they are because they've listened to their constituents. And, you know, right now, like the freshman congresswoman AOC is mm-hmm. also like she listens to her constituents in her district really, really intently. And she tries to sort of bring their message to politics. So I think it's really important to contact your representative if you do feel like you um, want to have a voice in this. So yeah, hop on it, New York. If you're in New York, call your local rep. That's great. Yeah. Okay. And when you call them, just uh, don't be like, uh, yo, <laughs> uh, you should uh, legalize it. <laughs> All right, peace. Like have a well thought out. Write it down if yes. you need to before you call. That is such a good point to, yeah, cold call and then not have anything to say is also so, not uh, helpful. Hold up, hold up. Sorry. Hey, guys, I'm like calling. I'm my... on the phone, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or you could just ask them if they have Prince Albert in a can and leave it at that. Oh, pulling <laughs> out the big guns. <laughs> yes. Hey, thank you, Danny Danko. Yeah, thanks, Danny. You're a real one. You're a pioneer. Sure is. Right? Yep. To, to be to be to consider him a friend to know he's a pioneer is uh is beautiful. Yeah. I really appreciate you. He's thank you, man. Weed OG. And also he has a great podcast called Free Weed that everyone needs to listen to. Hell yes. Yep. Okay. Very, very good news. Also, New York, you're gonna get it together, but I'm Definitely. surprised you haven't yet. Well, you know, it takes takes time. It's a big it's a big place with a lot of people. I got I got all the answers. Yeah. No. <laughs> hey, New York, get it together. <laughs> what welcome. are you doing? <laughs> That's so dumb. Hey. Uh, what What are you doing? Is that Is that condescending if I use a, a New York accent that I think is a New York accent? Hey, what are you doing? Um, uh, legalizing weed over here. I'm smoking here. <laughs> I is guess. It, That's. Is I don't that, know. It's not racist. Come for us if you don't like it. Yeah. Or come on us. Oh, no. I don't want that. Okay. Never mind. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Should we do Buzz of the Week? Let's do Buzz of the Week. Okay. I want to go first because actually it has to do... I called the St. Louis Post-Dispatch about something I was upset with for their headline. Remember when I was over here? I do. So I would like to go first. Yo, yo, yo. Congratulations, my Buds of the Week, my Blues of the Week, the St. Louis Blues, Stanley Cup champions. My hometown is the best team in hockey. (sighs) Shout out Bennington, goalie for the homie. Oh, I cannot believe it. My hometown 
raise the cup delicious parade on saturday they're putting babies in the cup they were (laughs) it was so fucking fun everything about uh i'm just so happy congratulations st louis blues you've made me proud you've made our city proud and you're the best team in the world. It was thrilling to watch that final with you and Joel and like fucking Bennington. Like I, you know, had not followed the Blues through their incredible journey from coming to like from the last team in the NHL to winning the fucking Stanley Cup. I mean, that last game was amazing. It was yeah. like he was doing, you know, crazy feats. There was one save that like, you know, all jaws were on the floor. It was, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, including his probably. He's yeah. like, I'm just in the zone. I love that. What was the quote where he was asked by someone? Do I look nervous? Yeah. That Yeah, where yeah. they were like, hey, you're winning a bunch and you're not letting in any goals. Like, do you ever get nervous? And he just goes do I look nervous? And they're like, no, you don't. And he's like, well, there you go. Fucking amazing. Hell yes. Mm. And he's Canadian. Shout out. He grew up in Richmond, I think, Ontario. So, oh. you know, I felt a little ownership over that Stanley Cup as a fellow Canadian for the greatest goalie in the fucking season. Hell yes. Yes. Top to bottom. Just a dynasty team coming from last place in the league, an interim head coach, a rookie goalie. Yeah. He's I mean, a fucking it's rookie. such a story. It's yeah. a, And... For those people who don't know this, I find it interesting. The last time the Blues were in the Cup was against the Boston Bruins, and mm-hmm. the Bruins won. Mm-hmm. This year, they were against the Boston Bruins, and the Blues won. So it's like a vengeance story. It's redemption. It's got it all. It's fucking, it's, yeah, it was just fucking thrilling. And can you say why you called the uh, St. Louis Dispatch? Oh, yeah, to bookend <laughs> this. So the fucking only thing about St. Louis is at the peak of their celebration, you always Got to have that Midwest mentality where you're like, yeah, but also don't forget about how sad we are. And the the headline in the Post-Dispatch was big, 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 bold letters. We did it. And then right underneath it, long struggling blues finally win cup. And it was that moment of like, fuck you, Post-Dispatch. How dare you say we did it and then not follow that up with anything positive yeah come come from behind champions of all time take cup home to proud parents or whatever like anything dreams do come true yeah right they're like we did it and we really sucked up until the last minute or whatever hey guys remember like how long we were bad don't forget about that (laughs) like there's weird shame in the victory like there's victory shame that courses through the the midwest at times be proud but don't be too proud Mm -hmm. and don't let anyone know you're proud either keep it a quiet thing it's so fucking weird so you left a message for the st louis dispatch that was like guys i called the editor-in-chief and i was like hey man what are you doing like we just won the cup and you lead with we did it anything under that put anything positive in there come back kids yeah right yeah blues hoist cup become best team in hockey yeah it literally could be any string of words that have to do with being the champions, and you didn't do that. So I had to make that fucking call. You made the call. And put them on blast and have my voice heard. Do you believe that that call will make a difference? No. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you mean the thing that's already been printed? No. Nah, yeah. I don't think so. Well, I don't know. Maybe he'll listen. I feel like, you know, like he might rethink his headline game next time the Blues are, uh, you know, in the playoffs. I like that. I do think yeah. that maybe in that way he's like, oh, you know what? We should be coming out with the positive heat. Yeah. All right. Truth. Who's your Truth. V- who's your uh, butt of the week? Oh, my butt of the week is my friend Eric. Eric Hagen does my hair. He's a fucking guru. He's doing the hair of some very fabulous people that I'm not allowed to mention on here, but he's fucking amazing and his game is so on point. And he just did my hair in the coolest way because I have 
been naturally silver for a while now and I rock it and I love it but I've always wanted to have it look a little more kind of intentional and interesting and he put this like cool kind of dark streak in it that now I can like flip it one way and it's kind of looks like I have dark hair and then flip it the other way and it looks like I have silver hair and I'm so excited about it and I fucking love it and he's just an amazing person with an amazing story too so EJ Hagen is his handle on Insta. And uh, he also does Leah Knauer's hair. Oh, basic witch's grail. Yeah, our friend Leah and, uh, you know, many other fabulous people's hair. Will you do a boomerang of your hair? And I will. And put it on uh, the Weed and Grub story so I that will. we can see that uh, silver to... The flip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I really dig it. So it, thanks, it, Eric. It looks great. Thank you. Wow. You can't mention who else he does the hair of, can you? Not allowed to say. You're in a... You're in a... You're on a list. <laughs> yep. You're in good company. I feel like I am. It looks great. Thank you. Are you allowed to say what you were getting your hair did for? Oh, um, maybe I'll talk about it after it happens, because I'm on my way to a very cool thing today that I got my hair done for, and uh, yeah, I don't want I don't want to say anything about it now, but I'll definitely talk about it next week. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah, we both believe in jinxes. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to, yeah. No problem. Uh, then let's just jump right into our very important bud, our VIB this week. Yes. Eric Jesus Coombs. Yes, bassist for Lettuce. And we had the opportunity to talk to him because Lettuce just dropped an amazing album called Elevate that's out, um, and everyone should check that out, but also because he loves weed. Yeah. And he talked to us about how much he loves weed. He got emotional about how much he loves weed, and he's also worked with, I mean, I'm just going to list off a few people because his, his bio is so enormous that it's, you know, we can't fit it all in an intro, but he's collabed with Eminem, Kanye West, Dr. Dre, Quincy Jones, Britney Spears, Snoop Dogg. Uh, like he's been, uh, he played for the Pope. He, oh my uh, gosh. he was in Point Break. <laughs> <laughs> he's lived a life and he's, you know, he's really like rock royalty or funk royalty and, and just so gracious with his time to come and speak to us. And I just loved meeting him. Absolutely. And we there was a moment in the podcast where we make this joke and we're like, oh, that's the perfect place to drop a song. But the conversational flow was so nice that we made the choice to put the song at the end of the episode. So make sure you listen through the interview and then stick around to hear a new track off the new album. And they're on tour. So check them out. They're coming to a town near you. Let us be on the road promoting Elevate, I think, all year long. They just played Red Rocks. I just found out because I'm on his IG, Jesus mm-hmm. C Superstar. Look at this pick. No, it's just clouds and clouds of smoke and happy people waving their hands. Oh, man. So amazing. It was a great interview. Yeah. So without further ado, here's our interview with Jesus. It's 420. Happy 420, everybody. It's Jesus from Lettuce. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) What an intro. That is the best way to start this podcast. Heck yeah. Welcome to Weed and Grub, everybody. What up, Mary Jane? How's it going, Mike? Look at what we're doing. Thanks, MJ. And thanks, Mike. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, man. What a start. uh, What are you smoking on right now? I'm smoking on this Moxie pen. Yeah. It's their thing called the Dart. It just came out. Yeah. It's live resin and it's pineapple flavor and it is delightful. That's Ooh, what's up. Tasty. Love the shout out. You have a lot of love to give to folks. Oh, absolutely. That's how you get it. 
<laughs> That's how you make it. Yeah. What was that thing? I'm sorry. I feel like this episode in particular is going to be full of like wisdom gems. Mm. And the one you were saying about patting yourself on the back, I would just like to actually let people hear. Oh. Yeah. Something my brother Tycoon told me a long time ago that if you're too, if you're busy patting yourself on the back, no one else can give you credit because your hand's in the way. No one else can pat you on the back while you're doing it for yourself. So stay humble, as Kendrick Lamar would say. M- my dad used to sort of like always say you know you shouldn't um give yourself credit like you know you wait for other people to give you credit but that's such a great way because it's like i can actually see my own hand in the way you know it helps me visualize why i should yeah stay humble it's just for boasters you know Mm -hmm. especially if you're talking like it's so nice to be like you were saying how it got brought up how it got brought up was that you know it's just nice when someone else or to do for somebody else you introduce someone to someone else and you tell them all these great attributes about them and then there's that space to talk. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you're talking in that space and saying how great you are and I'm just, oh, I'm the shit and I can do everything, I'm God, which, you know, it's really cool when someone else says you're God. Like everybody else said that Jerry was God and that Clapton was God, but they didn't say that. They never said that themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. Was the whole time when you were starting in music, was it all just coming from a place of I love this and I'll let it speak for myself? Or were you kind of loud about being the shit and blowing some people out of the water? I was always pretty quiet about it. I love it. <laughs> I would sit underneath the stairs and play my guitar and basically hope nobody heard. But then early on, they like pushed me in to play in front of the whole class. I went to a Christian school in high school. So like, I went to Christian school my whole life from kindergarten through high school. If you play guitar or anything, so my father is a worship leader and does praise and worship in the morning for people. So that's what I did, too. They just basically thrust me into this situation where I could just barely play guitar and I didn't think I sang at all but here I am and every morning at eight leading this group of my peers that are kids in singing and basically trying to get this whole classroom of people to sing which I was not expecting any of that I was just trying to figure out how to play an instrument because my you know I was always around music so I wanted to play any instrument I tried them all before I found bass Oh, wow. And what you picked up bass when you were like 15, right? I think 12. Oh, that young. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 12, I got the bass. I was in jazz band in about seventh grade, and there was three guitar players in jazz band, and the bass sitting there with nobody even thinking about it. And, you know, and uh, the teacher made me play bass. He's like, there's three of you playing guitar. And I was really surprised and emotional about it because I thought, oh, well. And there you go, back to being humble again. I thought, oh, well. I'm the best of the three of us at playing guitar, which, you know, is not true. That's just a matter of opinion. There's no best in art. But anyway, I was thinking that I was more proficient than my buddies, mm-hmm. David Theed and Cassidy Taylor, who are great, good friends still, you know. <laughs> but um, I was just a surprise because I thought, well, I should get to play guitar because I can, I can sort of play it and we can all sort of play it. But I think, and even, even those dudes thought I was dope on guitar at the moment, they thought I could play Anyway, I thought he was going to let me play guitar, but I think because I had some proficiency, anyway, he just made me play bass. And I was, like, kind of bummed about it. Yeah. (laughs) No doubt. To me, when I think about bass players, I think about, like, just, like, the funkiest notes that I can possibly come up with. There's really a lot to be said for being a great bass player. You almost don't want anyone to notice you're there at all the whole night because you're the heartbeat right you're holding down a lot of it yeah you're you're doing stuff it's like it's a major job it's a function bass bass is a function of music yeah and to be that function live in time and create art 
that function has a lot that it kind of needs or wants to do for the rest of the music to make the most sense when would be the most efficient at his job. Do you listen to classical music still? Yes. Does it play a part in your... A, a quite yeah. often. And when I drive, I love listening to classical when I drive. Or, um, yeah, there's been a lot of classical elements in hip-hop, too. There, there's some really cool, like, hip-hop classical pieces. But, yeah, I listen to classical all the time. And I go to the symphony. Like, we're talking about uh, Dead & Co. tonight at the Hollywood Bowl. Mm -hmm. So I like to see symphonies and different orchestral pieces at the ball is a really sweet thing to do. Dudamel? Dudamel. How Man. good is Dudamel? He's so awesome. <laughs> right? We went and saw uh, the Phil play last year with the um, Tchaikovsky with the fireworks. Yeah. And it yeah, was that's... magical. There was mushrooms involved. Yeah. <laughs> and it was yeah. It was a really incredible, beautiful, like heart-opening night. The mycelium's everywhere, though. They can't not be involved. They're involved in everything. Yeah. <laughs> you know I mean? They're helping everybody. What do you mean? Oh, just the uh, mushrooms and the uh, fungi culture. Like, they do so much. that we like, It's great watching Stamets. You know, Paul is teaching everyone, and there's a, a few other people, but, like, there's a lot to learn about the role that... And that just brings you to the role that plants play in general in, in our world, and they're so much a part of us, and they're so here to help us. And just because they can't speak, you know, a language that we hear all the time, you know, they're definitely speaking to us and they're working with us and they're helping us. And like kind of fine tuning in on those frequencies is I think imperative for all of us and important and something that as soon as you think of it, it's pretty easy. You just notice, you know, plant life and fauna and flora and how dope it is. And as soon as you start paying attention to it, it really, I think it helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, amen to that. My dad was a fisheries scientist, and um, I think that, you know, the nature was his church, and so... Yeah, and we are nature, you mm -hmm. know what I mean? That we are, we are that, too. And, yeah, they say we have, like, whole universes inside of us, mm -hmm. you know? Do you believe it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially when you just think it's all perspective, so, like, the microorganisms that are inside of us, from their perspective, that is a universe, you know? Yeah. So, like... I don't know, it's, in, it's an interesting thought, though, but we definitely are kind of growing ourselves, like yeah. how you grow a plant. If you think about your body in that kind of way, or, as I've been trying to, like, that's just a thought that's been coming to me, is that, like, if I'm taking care of this plant in this way, it's kind of the same way there's, there's living, like, each one of my organs is like a, a living thing. It is a living thing Fuck that I'm supposed to be, you know, like, feeding the right things and giving the right things to you know and like treating right and at least just like appreciating and thinking about more you know like yeah. the liver you know it's been reading a lot about the, the liver these days and the gallbladder and like oh, it's really? just interesting to start paying attention to a couple of different organs that you don't think about all the time and like how they're being affected by my choices wow. i feel that yeah is wouldn't ooh, this is gonna get I love how deep we're getting so quick. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a real nice conversation, <laughs> honestly. Like it feels nice to be able to be I'm real. I'm thinking about a wrinkle in time and I'm thinking about the Gaia theory and I'm thinking about the endocannabinoid system evolving yeah. with weed and the Michael Pollan books. And yeah. like there's so much to think about with like the symbiosis of our bodies with the plant world and how we contain worlds. My yeah. I'm so yeah. glad we all got stoned and started this conversation. Yeah, MJ. <laughs> I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. <laughs> totally. For real. Mary Jane. <laughs> <laughs>
Do you know? Do you know about the Gaia theory, where the whole le- Earth is a living organism? Yeah, Instagram has been bombarding me with that in a good way. I love it, but I haven't. I don't that know that much about what that is. But I keep getting those Instagram ads for the Gaia theory. Well, there's a. a I kind of try to follow it, but I. Not there's, exactly sure what it all means. There's a book called The Gaia Theory that was written by, I, I think his name was Lovelock in the 60s. And my dad introduced it to me when I was a kid. Lovelock. I think it's Lovelock. And, okay. and the theory is just that the entire Earth operates as one organism with all the systems in it sort of affecting each other like our systems inside sure. of our bodies. Yeah. So that it's a living, breathing thing. And, you know, especially yeah. if you're paying attention to what's going on right now, it seems, you know, that it's just I, I totally absolute believe. truth. That seems to come from a lot of different places, you know that theory mm-hmm. I hear that a lot I think he was just putting words to something that was ancient wisdom sure it is I mean it just rings so true as you say it it's like I haven't heard that exactly what you're saying but I I know that to be true for a fact you know right it's- that as I breathe out you know the plants breathe in and as the plants breathe out I breathe in you know like how is that not connected that's physically connected that's not even you don't even need any like extra magic to that's just happening. Yeah, that's we're just doing science. that. Right. We're standing on this earth and it's like, you know, we are it. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about humble. Like you make me think how humble plants are because they don't need the shine totally. to like be connected to you like that. They just are. Never met a plant I didn't like. Yeah. <laughs> They're so humble. They don't even go anywhere. <laughs> yeah. They don't even walk around. Just hang they, out. They're not even like strutting their stuff. I mean, sometimes when the wind catches them, they let the wind do it for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Did you see that forest from above recently? It was all over the social media where it was a forest that looks like it's breathing because it's just a forest from bird's eye point of view that's waving in the wind and it looks like lungs. It truly does, like the lungs that. of the earth. Oh, you have to send that to I'll me. I'll send it to you to for me. sure. Yeah, cool. Yeah. When, when, to, to talk about like, I, I'm not a musician, man. I've always wanted music to come out of my arms Mm. and show it to the world. But it might be, though. That's what, like, we're all emitting frequencies. Like, our bodies literally are emitting frequencies, and so is the Earth. You know that? Like, the Earth is making a tone right now, and so are you. And I mean, we're making multiple tones right now that we can't, that are inaudible to our ears. Hmm. So you are music, sort of. (laughs) Right now, we're in harmony right now, the three of us, or the four of us. I would say. Has that always been like a guiding principle through your life to like just play your own notes and be harmonious with everything around you? Yeah, I would definitely say that's true. And into in addition to that, or like to pre precursor that would be that there's been a lot of like a lot of people hate all the rules, but a lot of the rules are awesome <laughs> in my opinion. This is just a theory. This is you know commentary, but. I've followed a lot of the rules for a lot of the time, and I think that comes in really handy. There's a whole bunch of rules that you don't really have to do and that are maybe not, like investigate. Now we have so much opportunity to investigate and get information about so-and-so called rules and things that have been, it's kind of like the earth has been here for so long and certain cultures like, I love Japan. I've been to Japan like 10 times, shout out Japan. Um, we got listeners there too. Stereo Nihon. So it's like that place, that place. Talk about the Gaia theory. Like when you're in Japan, it's just like, it feels like everybody knows it already. And it's just like the, the place is breathing that energy of oneness and connectivity and hmm. respect for each other, you know. It, but um, 
What was I talking about? <laughs> <laughs> music. <laughs> yeah, music's making. cool. I love it. <laughs> Can I ask you, I, w- I would love to ask you a little bit about your career because your credits are so extensive and amazing beyond the music that you make with Lettuce. Like cool. all of the incredible collaborations that you've had with, and you were talking about how you bring classical music into hip hop and can you I don't know like do you have uh, a favorite collaboration that you like to talk about or I mean I know you've worked with Kanye and Eminem and you've written for so many incredible artists and you've worked with Dr. Dre like I was just over by the Beverly Center um, and um, there's a little studio over there it just reminded me of this session I did with Angie Stone a long time ago and then Anthony Hamilton when we did the Anthony Hamilton record my brother and I um, got called in to play bass and drums, and I played bass and guitar and drum, and he played drums and percussion on Anthony Hamilton's first record. Mm-hmm. It's called Coming From Where I'm From, and that was just an incredible time. And uh, the studio was a place that um, MJ recorded, and just a lot of greats had recorded in there. And, um, like... Uh, yeah, the place is incredible. It's like yeah. this secret little studio that you can't even tell is there unless you know. And then, I mean, I shouldn't really talk about it. Because <laughs> I'm no, picturing it was like up. built out by some of the greatest artists of all time. Like when you go in these studios, I guess that leads me to just being in those studios, these great studios of Hollywood, California, mm-hmm. where like incredible records are made. Being at some of these great studios is something really magical in the room. And I mean, I might be just making that up, but sometimes your mind makes stuff up and then it becomes true. Mm-hmm. Or at least becomes true for you, so it makes you just you just know certain records. Like there's been studios where I knew the Beach Boys were in there for a long time, or I knew No Doubt was in there for six months, and it makes you play different. It makes your whole just you start you step up to this other energy. Like wow, if that's been done in this room by these same equipment, by the same walls, in the same place, they are, they're holding vibrations for yeah. you. And then what am I gonna do with it? You know? Mm. Yeah. Whoa, it, this sounds so sacred. It is to me, yeah. I recorded the recording engine. Um, yeah, the recording industry is amazing, and the old school way of doing it on tape with analog, and all the analog equipment before computers came into it, and all this soft synth and different like digital plugins, which I enjoy as well. But there's something really special about the way old records were made, and like you can really hear it. Like if you listen to the Beatles records, there's something really magical about the music and the songwriting and the performance, but there's also another magic happening, which is just the creation of this recording that lasts forever. I have never thought about my favorite albums as time capsules until just now. It kind of makes them all alive. Like Jimi Hendrix is alive to me. As soon as you press that record, he's playing guitar. So if he's doing something, that means he's alive. Hmm. I wish we were going to a commercial break because that would be it. <laughs> Maybe we can play a song right there. Yeah, That's the that'd move. be great. <laughs> Damn right. Off the new album. Yeah, Elevate's coming out on my birthday, June 14th. Happy birthday. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's going to be called Elevate, and it's got 11 songs on it, and we're really proud of it. Lettuce is really proud of this new record. Wow. Not proud, because that's a weird word, but we're excited about it, and we're real, really thankful that it's coming out. We're just on the... Uh, we were talking to Adam Deitch, the drummer and composer of a lot of the music, uh, yesterday, and he was saying, if we had to ask Lettuce how we feel right now, it'd be the opposite of jaded, the opposite of, like, taking it for granted. Mm-hmm. 
What a wonderful place to be. It's a young place to be, it sounds like. like We're so thankful, youthful. so grateful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It gives you life and all you the time. You guys met when you were basically kids, right? Yeah. So you kind of... Like, Still are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're right in it. You know, we're in the moment all the time. And we're, um, we're being responsible with what we have been given, the powers that we've been given to, like, perform and to put out this music. And, we're, yeah, we're really conscious of that. We're mm-hmm. conscious of the the effect it has on people and how important it is to do the right thing. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously. Do people bring you weed when you... uh, Yes. Yes. A lot of it. Okay. And we are very grateful for that as well. (laughs) 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 It's like those type of things. It's like the little things, especially I've been paying attention more to the little things and like all those little things go into like, how can you not be stoked right now? How, I mean, how can you, in my opinion... I think the a lot of Buddhist and a lot of just like spiritual people that are up on the path would say would agree with me. It's like to be alive is to be happy. Wow! Hmm. Like how how can you not? I mean, I guess you don't have to call it happiness because you can have the emotions of sadness and all these things. But like, you feel like just being here is so rad. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. like, I feel like how can you not be? Um, appreciative of just having you know breath in your lungs and hopefully you got eyesight and like you can hear but like whichever senses you have be grateful for them and who knows how long it'll last or you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) another day on this side of the dirt yeah Yeah. it's beautiful on this side of the dirt another day on this side of the dirt is how one of my friends says it and it's a little morbid and weird but i also love it because it's exactly that it's like another day on this beautiful bright blue spinning sphere yeah if you woke up here you're stoked yeah yeah if you woke up you're stoked you have reason to be stoked Uh uh-huh yeah Mm mm-hmm I didn't, yes. I didn't sit down today thinking I was going to learn life's, life's lessons. <laughs> you know? Like, they don't come to you when you're uh, You're right, if you search. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, you kind of have to just, li- I think a big part of it is listening. Right? Yeah, to be present. Mm. Is that how you create your music? Just everyone's present in the same room together and you hope that it all clicks when it does? Yeah, like having um, community and unity, like just like I think being around each other is really important and like just hanging out talking and just being around each other is really important but what she said listening is really important i think like while you're playing i think most great musicians would agree with me that you're listening at least as much as you're playing you're listening more you're really listening mainly the main thing you're doing is listening and you're also adding to it Hmm. so you're, you're you're like serving the song that you're creating like you're serving the bigger picture than above all else another thing tycoon says is play what you want to hear because if we're music i'm a music fan you're a music fan so it's like what do you want what do you feel like listening to because as soon as you play it you're going to hear it it's what you're going to be listening to if you play it so play what you want to hear play what you think your friends want to hear i mean mainly what you want to hear but and that seeing eye to eye on that in the moment is really what it's all about like let us generally seize exactly eye to eye on what we feel is cool right then or for lack of a better word what what makes the music heightened to the most effective for its job to do and like yeah. what we think is the funkiest basically we kind of all we always agree on the funk the funk agrees with us yeah we agree with the funk <laughs> 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 <Technically>. yep <laughs> yeah. so you just jam is that how you guys write 
No, we write. We're you all writers. Write. Yeah, okay. I mean, like you said, I went to Berkeley College of Music, so I did. I sat right next to John Mayer in songwriting class, and that was wonderful. I studied with John Aldrich, and um, Adam Deitch studied songwriting. His father studied songwriting at Berkeley. Adam Deitch's parents are Bobby and Denise Deitch, and they both uh, graduated Berkeley playing drums. Whoa. So they taught him a lot of theory and harmony, and they had a piano around all the time. So he plays a lot of piano, and plays a lot of different instruments. So he's a heavy writer as well. Schmeens writes, um, Zoidis writes, Nigel writes. Um, yeah, all of us write a lot. So And do you write separately and then come together and sort of like? We do both. Yeah. Yeah, if we're in the same room, we'll write together. Mm -hmm. And then if we're not, we'll write. We're just, just addicted bring, to music. Like when yeah. we're not, if I'm not here, I'm gonna be making music somewhere like really soon, you know? Yes. Yeah, like the, I can't. We can't stay away from it. It's like the most like I. It's interesting to think how much of my life is music and how much of our lives is music. But I know myself and most of the guys in the band will go home from a long trip of playing music, and before they even unpack, we'll make a song at their house in their computer in their studio. Wow. Yeah. Living and breathing it. Yeah. Have so you melodies just come to you too. So like if we're in the same room, the melody will come to me and I'll sing it to somebody or, or to someone else will have a melody and they sing it to you. But then when you're in your room by yourself, melodies are still coming to me. Like I would say I have a good, I don't know, I shouldn't say a number, but a, a number of melodies come to me a week, you know, a lot of them. <laughs> it makes me think of the muses and how, you know, different artists are connected to different muses and that you really have an open conversation with the muse of music yeah. clearly talks to you. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sure. That's <laughs> an interesting way. To, yeah, I don't know. I haven't, I don't know or what that is exactly. Yeah. So muses are different than sirens because I know sirens from the mythology. Yeah. But that's totally different. Totally different. Sirens totally were different. bad news. They were warring yeah, sailors to their deaths. But, but a muse can, a siren can appear as a muse. Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to be careful which muse you follow, like, in my opinion. You know, like I really try to study the spirit of the thing and make sure it's all joy and love and positivity and you know pure creativity but yeah totally um can i ask a little bit about your spiritual practices yoga and meditation that kind of stuff sure because i know you're sort of famed for like coming to studio from being in yoga or being at a meditation retreat yeah how did that evolve how did your practice evolve i would say that it all starts perfectly in you know like I grew up in Christian church, you know, with my father and my um, my father and their whole crew was like hippie. They were major hippies, you know what I mean? They were major like acid eating, marijuana smoking, um, you know, like going to Jimi Hendrix concert. People, hippies, you know, I like to call, I mean, I like to embrace that or beatniks or yes, that's later, but like they grew their hair mm -hmm. and they grew their beards and they experimented with all kinds of stuff. And I think after a lot of time, people were like starting to have kids and whatever happened, they started getting into, or whatever happened, somebody started getting into Jesus and started getting really into it. And they started baptizing people down at the beach in like Southern California. So that's where it was all started from. There was this cat named Lonnie Frisbee that like was tripped out and he was tripping people out really hard. So <laughs> they were getting into some Jesus, like they were just like checking out the Jesus vibe, you know? Uh -huh. <laughs> sure. And basically I got this interesting version of what people call Christianity, which was just like 
there's this huge love coming at you that you can't like as much as your best friend and all your parents and anybody that loves you the most could possibly love you like imagine that times extended times a hundred billion and like shoot <laughs> wow it's beautiful like that's just always flowing to you all the time from Powerful. this caring like creative god and but the word god's all fucked up now <laughs> yeah, yeah but that version you're talking about is one i i like i i feel like i know i i, I know i believe it yeah and that's enough because then i can like give it to yeah totally and know that we are it and we're giving it all the time and like Jesus said, you'll come and you'll do greater things than I ever did. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Again, emotion. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like, we are that. Man. So we are that and we can exude that and we can, you know, be the best versions of humans. It's all really kind of says, be a really, really good human and like, do good and like, think about other people and have respect for yourself and them and be loving whatever that word can mean for you and then that led into finding yoga and oh yeah totally. finding moments inside that well yeah like at some point i think during college yeah i was coming home from college coming home from berkeley basically i got in this monster talk with my friend vince abel a spiritual discussion and we started talking about all kinds of stuff and he'd been reading a lot of interesting books and um doing yoga and he said he had found yoga to, to cure his back because nothing he could do would cure his back. And he'd been to all these different people and he found this like Kundalini yoga center. Mm. My friend Vince is pretty awesome. Cool. He also really helped me like believe in lettuce a lot. And like we, we would just basically kind of crush Southern California lifestyle and just like get lunch and kill like a beach day like every single day. <laughs> but basically I was about 19 or something and he was like you could work the rest of your life and like try to get to this beach and like get a house here and then like maybe go when you're like 70 and like hopefully you get all the money in the world and then you build a house and then you get to go to this beach but like look up at those billionaires houses they're not in there and they're not on this beach well we're on this beach right now (laughs) you know It's like blood coming out of my ear. Like, that's beautiful. Yeah. God damn, that's beautiful. That's amazing. Yeah, so we were like, well, fuck working a bunch and doing that. <laughs> Let's yeah. just go to the beach. <laughs> Let's just go to the beach. Which leads to the deep discussions that lead you on a path towards, like, I don't know if you feel like you're living your dream or not. I don't want to put words totally, in your mouth, 100%. but that's the path. Yeah, there's, yeah, the total path there. And, like... So that he would start doing yoga on the beach. I'm like, dude, that was super weird. What are you doing? You know? And he'd be like, I'm doing yoga. And Kundalini. He's like, I've got to do it. Like, it's for my back. I'm doing it whether you think it's weird or not. Yeah, and he was doing Kundalini yoga, which was brought over by Yogi Bhajan, also in the late 60s, early 70s. And so there's a person named um, Gudumuki. Mm-hmm. And she taught Rick Rubin and um, a bunch of other people. The Red Hot Chili Peppers and stuff, a bunch of yoga. So I started going to her Sunday class up in L.A., driving up there. But before that, I was going to see my friend Ramdas Ram das Biersing in Orange County. So Orange County Kundalini. Mm-hmm. And um, now there's a great place called Rama. Shoot, I got to drink some water. Is there more water? Oh, yeah, I'll get you some, get water. some water. Cool. Drink more water. That's another subject. Yeah. <laughs> I think good, finding good, clean water is the beginning of health. Like, really focusing on the water you drink is really helping 
at least I think this, and I mean, I'm not a picture of health exactly at the moment, but I think that the water and finding good water to drink is really helpful to like starting the path of like just considering what's going in your body. And a lot of times you're thirsty when you think you're hungry. So like if you're pounding excellent quality water all day, you'll probably, it's just easier to think about the rest of the stuff you put in your stomach. You know? Yeah, it is. Have you ever grown? No. Yeah, it's a lot of work. I tried to grow some succulents recently. I thought that was going to go really well. And rest <laughs> in peace to those little guys. I had them named. One of them was Sylvester. One of them was Portia. And one of them, I can't tell one you of them the name. Matter. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is a, I got you. No, I can't remember it because I'm stoned. <laughs> Which I was when I named them. Yeah. But yeah, they didn't make it. So I think I overwatered them. But I'm going to try that again. No, I can't really. I tried to keep a fern going, but like I just go out of town most of the time. I'm mainly not. And that's another thing about going on the road. You got to know you're at home everywhere you are. Like your home is your physical body. Like your home is your body. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. Like we just went on a West Coast tour from Alaska all the way down to LA. And we were on the road together. And there was this like balance between taking care of yourself and trying to stay healthy because it's Dude. a fucking grind. Yeah, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what's it like when you're on these tours? To Just starting to get it almost together to figure out how to stay almost healthy on the road. <laughs> you know? So but you I got eat? a juicer. I got a juicer. We got juicers. And I mean, you just find health food stores when you can. And like, we have an incredible tour manager named Bo Williams that like makes sure we stop at the great health food stores and stock up the bus full of like healthy things and Mm-hmm. Everybody in our crew is so awesome. We got Bo and Andy, Hunter, you know what I'm saying? So we got Daniel on lights. Yeah. Shout out to the crew. I was just going to say, what's your go-to road snack? Go-to road snack, celery. No peanut butter. Just a light, watery, crisp crunch. Yep, just crunch, crunch on down on one of those suckers. Wow. Or kale chips are good. Yeah. Um, what else? Apple. Apple's a sweet snack. And it's sweet. <laughs> And if you're keto, eat an apple, bro. No, sorry. I, I didn't mean to bro you, bro. But I, I do love you, bro. And you should eat an apple. <laughs> I feel like they got a bad rap with, like, Disney princesses snacking on them and falling asleep. But really, it's Dude, a great Dude, don't forget one. about Eve. Oh, yeah. And she Eve started got... it off. Yeah. <laughs> Apple's got... They need new PR. It was the snake and the story. And then they got Jaws. They got Jaws into it. We got to stop demonizing these animals and plants, man. <laughs> yes. Let the cannabis grow. Let the hemp grow. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. i really, I really excited about the uh, cannabis industry and just like what's happening in our world with, with herb coming back. And I... I just, you know, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think it's really awesome. And I just, I really, I know I know that all good always wins. You know what I mean? So that's really important to me. And I just really, I hope the power stays in the right hands. And I always say power to the people. But, like, I feel like there's a lot of um, amazing old school cats with a lot of knowledge that just got to be respected right now by whoever takes over the big, because it's a lot of power. And wherever there's power, Power is not easy to wield or contain or hold or any of that or be responsible with. So there's somebody's going to have to try to do it or whatever. So whoever gets the power, I hope you guys respect everybody and it's a good vibe. You know, that's all I say. And keep the herb like non-GMO or whatever. Just keep it. Keep it the thing that we that we've always loved, you know, a plant. Yeah, a plant. Not not tripped out. Just a plant. 
like wine. So we've been drinking this great. So I'll give a shout out to Benny and Zoidis because they just started their natural wine distribution company in Colorado. It's called Savage Selections. And um, that's grape juice in a bottle. Yeah. And that's what you want wine to be. You want, the pro- you want the thing to be what it's supposed to be. Like if it's water, that's a clear liquid that could be anything. So I just want the water to be water. And, and I want the herb to be herb. And, you know, I want the wine to be wine. And not that I want it, but I feel like we deserve to the truth. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. We always say uh, fair and safe access for everyone. Yes. For yeah. everyone. And that it Equality, just, equal rights for yeah. everyone. You should be able to grow your own if you want to, or you should be able to buy it legally. Yep. You should be able to grow as many plants as you feel is necessary because they're plants and you should be able to grow them. Yep. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think it's beautiful to grow your own vegetables too. Just growing plants and flowers. I don't do it myself because I'm gone so much, but I sure do appreciate that it's happening. Heck yeah. A, a, a nice carrot that just came from the earth. Yeah, real food is awesome. Yeah. Um, I, we've got a little bit of time left, and I had one question I was sitting on because I was excited to ask you about it because I just love hip-hop so much. And what I'm really interested in is, like, when you approach going into a room with established, talented people for the first time, like, how do you approach walking into that studio or, like, making new music with each person you make it with? I've always had a commute from for like an hour from I used to go from Orange County so what I always used to do is just bump the shit out of the artist record on the way up there and listen to all my favorite songs and I that theory could be you know that that's just what I've always done and I'm not sure if that's the if that's good or not honestly but it sounds like osmosis in a way just getting super hype about it and kind of I mean you asked me about my spiritual life and what's always been the truth is I pray a lot I pray constantly and one other thing that Vince told me about in that conversation he was like which one of your thoughts and words aren't a prayer if this if this energy is listening or this entity is listening to your when you go okay, God, I'm going to pray. Why wouldn't he, she, it, or this energy be capable of listening to you all the time? Like everything you say and everything you think is a prayer. So, but I also do a lot of just like intent praying and like you can call it manifesting or whatever you want, but like intending good and like just like putting my energy forward towards good and putting my thoughts towards good and really praying a lot and like asking the spirit the Holy Spirit to go before me into the place and like make everything dope before I get there. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. Like, <laughs> hallelujah. <That's>, <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Truly. How many more weeks are you guys out on the road promoting Elevated? Well, we play Red Rocks on June 15th. Okay. In Colorado. So we're not touring until that. And then we do a summer tour. I think it starts in June. Um, I stay super in the moment, so like I can look it on my phone. Real no, quick. no, it's okay. I really can. Like, all year. We're always on tour. <laughs> we're very rarely not on tour. So the, yeah. right now, I have like a whatever it is until the fifteenth, and then kind of back in it again because I'll stay in Denver for a week, and we're gonna re- go in the studio and record for two days. Shout out to Hillary Clinton and Ivory Daniel and Bo Williams and Andy and Hunter. Daniel, everybody that makes this thing possible for lettuce, 
because we're just really stoked. We're really, really grateful and thankful that we can go out on stages and play. And the band talks about it all the time. When we take two weeks off, it's just like, man, I can't wait to play a show. It's just crushing me to be not on tour, which is hard. You know, sometimes you want to be home and like sometimes you're on tour, you kind of want to be home. But like when we're at home too much, like we cannot wait to play these shows. Thank you so much. Thank yeah. you. I can't wait. I hope we can come and see you after one of your shows and say hey. And yeah, burn, please. Burn one. No, you definitely have to. Yeah. You have to burn one after one of the shows for okay, sure. Good. That has to happen. Cool. In. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, it is at weed and grub or go to weed and check out all the nice things people are nice enough to say about us and pat us on the back about man thank you so much absolutely thank you mike thank you mary jane it's thank been a pleasure you. and you can check me out i'm jesus c superstar on instagram <laughs> <Hell yes>. <laughs> <laughs> bye everybody bye peace